HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by Mezcal Amaras. Mezcal Amaras is a company built through love, love for the sun, the land, and the people who work it. And most of all, love for Mexico and its sacred plant, the agave. Now strap yourselves in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. This is Lou Bank. This is Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that educates gringo bartenders about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today we're going to talk about... Fiesta. Partying. Fiesta. <laughs> Partying. Your favorite part about agave spirits, Lou. Oh, I freaking hate parties. I, I, I really, really, really wish for the day that I'll get to see you dancing. And you said you have done it, well, just not in front of me. You have this story about Iskatlan that I'm so mad that I did not get to see. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I really don't like to party. And I I don't even like to, I, I like to drink when I'm in Mexico, um, obviously. Uh, but it's rare that I get, you know, sometimes I get a little tipsy, but it's rare that I get drunk. And Did you use the I, word tipsy? Yeah, is that not a word you use? <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was like something like people your age and shape did not use. Wait, wait so you, oh boy, now you've confused me. So people your age do say tipsy or do not say tipsy? I, th I think people my age say tipsy. I, I have not met like an older person that said tipsy. Oh, you have no idea. Like, tipsy is an old uh -huh. term. The, the, you're, you're a hipster. <laughs> you're bringing stuff back and thinking like, like tipsy is the word, like buzzed, I thought was the word you kids were Okay, using. I have no, anyway, so you were, you get tipsy sometimes. Anyway, so, yeah, but, but, so I was, I was in Santa Maria Ixcatlan and, um, it was like, I don't know, it's a tiny community, 500 people. And I was there visiting uh, our friend Amando. And it was eight o'clock at night. We'd been drinking for an hour and a half, two hours, small sips. I was, and it had been a long drive to get there, as it always is. And so I was just ready to end the night and go to sleep. It was dark out. And Amando says, Do you want to go and see the bulls? And there's a, there's a small group of us. I think it was like three of us who were visiting him. 
and I thought he meant the bulls that they used uh, as the the skins for their fermenters. Like we we're going to go see the young baby bulls, so that when I see the fermenter in a, in a couple of years, I'll know. Oh, that's where it came from. And I thought, oh yeah, that's something I'd like to have a picture of. Sure. But it turned out it was uh, Holy Week, and he was inviting me to this party that the community hosts where people wear, and I'm sure you know the name of it, but they wear these little towers on their heads. Toritos. That's why Toritos. he says bulls. It's uh, little bulls is the expression in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, little yeah, little bull. And So it's Toritos, and it's like a mask that makes it like your head is a bull, and there's a tower over that, and they connect <laughs> fireworks to it. And they light those fireworks – so somebody, or sometimes a couple somebodies, are wearing these things at the party, chasing people, and everybody's pouring uh, agave spirits uh, into your throat. Um, so I was already like at that perfect buzz, ready to go to sleep point, and I show up as the big gringo guest, and they put this thing on me, and I was drunk within 20 minutes, and I spent like the next three hours drinking, chasing people. <laughs> And dancing with old men, <laughs> These, like the, the the next, and I went to bed. I don't know, probably two a.m. And the next morning, I got up at like five or six a.m. as I am wont to do. Um, and a couple of the old men that I had been dancing with saw me. <laughs> I'll add the picture to the website. They saw me, and they were just leaving. They were just leaving the yes, party as, as they should, as the tradition mandates. So that's how I party in Mexico when I do, which is once in a lifetime. How do you party in Mexico? Oof! I mean, in uh, the diversity of ways, uh, I've known I'm known for liking to dance. So I like to dance so much that <laughs> when I was you're literally known. Yes, like uh, one yeah. time in Oaxaca, uh, I was dancing and this guy approached me. And he was like, oh, you are that guy, the guy that stomps on the floor. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. Hi. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't even picture what stomping on the floor looks like. I keep like when you've said this to me in the past, I've just imagined a kangaroo, right? With a giant <laughs> foot just pop. Or like uh, like the guy standing in front of um, – uh, the royal palace in the in London, and you get too close, and they stomp on the floor to move you back. Similar to that, like imagine tap, <laughs> <laughs> imagine tap that, and some tribal thing. I don't know. I, I don't want to get too specific about it. It has brought me some trouble in the past when I was living in Tokyo. They will literally ask me to leave the nightclubs, and they will. They, they, they will send security. You were, you, like it was too aggressive? Well, they will send security to me and they will tell me, we need you to start dancing less. Oh, that is so weird. And then I will be, uh, can I get, can I then get my money back? Because, you know, my understanding is it's a dancing venue. But then I, I did a little bit of research and turns out that in Japan, there was actually a law that will, you will need a special license as a nightclub to for people to be able to dance there after a certain hour. <laughs> oh, 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 to any kind of dance, not like a license for aggressive dancing. No, 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 just any kind of that. So I, I, I did get in a lot of contentious moments due to my dancing. Wait, 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 hang on a second. Because I, oh, hang on. So are you telling me that these venues in Japan were allowing dancing but they didn't have a license to allow it, so they were trying to be very calm about their dancing? No, no, no. That used to be the case, but it seems like it just got ingrained into their understanding. 
Like, they're afraid of dancing in some way. Like, I was reading all these blogs about techno music where they were talking about dancing as if they were talking about endangered whales. <laughs> wow. So so what you're saying, if I'm hearing it right, is Kevin Bacon needs to go to Japan and save the culture. Maybe. I don't know who that guy is. But... Now I got to cut loose? Foot loose? Oh, who? What? Yeah, never mind. How do you party? <laughs> Anyway, but why is this important? Why is this like nobody cares about my dancing habits, but why is this important about agave spirits? And we've discussed a little bit of this in the past, but I claim that one of the main reasons why agave spirits were able to survive a lot of the industrial revolution, a lot of the years that they were understood to be the poor man's drink, and a lot of the just bad reputation they had was because they were still very important as an element in the communities for their most important parties. There's this really beautiful book uh, by an anthropologist that is called Citizens from the Town. And she studies... Citizens from the Town? Ciudadanos desde el Pueblo. In Spanish, it's a beautiful title. And it's a book only in Spanish? I'm not sure. I'll I'll put put a link in the webpage. But what she does is she maps out a lot of the pre-Columbian festivities and celebrations and political quirks that are still in place in Mexico City to these days. Huh. You know, that's, boy, that's an interesting thing. I, I've always, I've always heard and even said myself that these spirits are integral to these communities and, and they're part of the rituals. Um, and I've talked about the fiestas and I've literally, until you just said this, I've never made the connection that I was raging drunk at one of these ceremonies. And I always think of them as, you know, these very, um, um, very important, and I guess they are important, but just like very sacred events. But are you telling me that, that really they're all like that? People are just getting drunk and chasing each other with fireworks? Well, there's a lot of rules, and I've broken some of those rules by accident in the past. So, you know, and and I think this also mixed with a pro tip in Mexico. If you really want to experience a lot of this, you should go to Mexico at certain times, right? Right. If you want to go to Oaxaca, go during Day of the Dead. If you want to go to Ah. Chiapas. Well, it it depends. The places where you go, I will not venture. But there's some places where you really get... Crazy stuff. Or even Gelagetza, which has the worst Ugh. reputation ever. If you go to a tiny town, it gets really interesting. I, I know when you go to a place full with tourists, it's horrific. But if you go... But, to- but when you're saying it gets interesting, you mean it's literally interesting? Or it's like, hey, baby, we're going to get interesting. <laughs> we're going to get drunk and we're going to dance the night away. Is that what you mean by interesting? Both. Both. Both interesting fit in there. Oh. And for me, you know what I realized when I, I was living in Magdalena Pascoetla, which is really isolated. It's only 40 minutes away from the city, but it, somehow it feels very isolated. And I was there during the Gelagetza, and I had the Gelagetza of the town. And what I realized is everybody becomes a celebrity inside the town, within the town. Everybody gets their chance to dance like nuts, be cheered up, and feel like the most wonderful human in the planet huh. for 20, 15 minutes. Wow. It's it's literally the actualization of Andy Warhol in rural yes, Mexico. but in a much better way, in a much more interesting, <laughs> wonderful way. No and, offense, uh, Andy. <laughs> yeah, all offense, Andy. But... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but what I'm trying to say is like sort of mezcal or agave spirits was one of the substrates that will allow for all of this to happen. And it never washed away. Like even when beer and many other alcohols flooded the communities, because they did flood the communities, you know, you can buy a 24 of beer, but not a condom in most right. <laughs> communities in, right. in, in rural Mexico. But they still <laughs> had a deep, wonderful appreciation for, for their agave spirits. And I don't know, did the parties kept the agave spirits alive or did the agave spirits kept the parties alive? Oh my God. That, that is the title <laughs> of the episode. That is perfect. That is perfect. Well, you know, I think uh, uh, maybe on our next trip, I'll I'll put on my anthropologist hat and we'll do a little bit of studying and maybe I'll get to see you dancing and there's not a chance you'll get to see me dancing. Only with old men, right? <laughs> only, with, only with old men. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, well, I think we're over with this one unless you have another parting story you want to share, but I really doubt it. Uh, nope, and uh, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We're closing down the episode. Adios. Hang on, road trippers. We're not done yet. We've got an episode of Chava and Lou's Chat Fest coming up. This episode of Gave Road Trip was brought to you courtesy of Mezcal Amaras. Mezcal Amaras Espadine is the steward of their pursuit of a better world as the flag bearer, their flag bearer, for the holistic cycle from seed to sip that connects, inspires, and supports social and environmentally sustainable projects. Amaras Espadine invites you into a world of smoothness naturally handcrafted using the finest eight-year-old agave espadine found in the mountains of Oaxaca. Its rich and pure flavor comes from a 100% natural fermentation utilizing an array of local bacteria. Mezcal Amaras believes that this is the first encounter anyone will have with a perfectly balanced mezcal. They are attempting to create a combination of understanding the norm within the category and also the importance of a harmonious balanced profile. It is a journey into a world of floral aromas and sweet fruity flavors leading its versatility to be enjoyed neat in a traditional jicara or cocktails such as its more Morning Love, Spicy Amar, and Amaras Afogato. Check those recipes out on their website and check out Mezcal Amaras. This is Chava and Luz Chatfest. Gonna chat you up for three solid minutes, baby, about stuff you've always wanted to be chatted about. What are we chatting about today, Chatva? Chatva? Yeah, sure. Thanks for the new nickname, Lou. We're talking about shoes. Shoes. Yes. Okay, it's not something I often talk about, but Willie DeVille sings one of my favorite songs about shoes. Really? I don't know who Willie DeVille is, but how, how does the song go? There's something about me that the women all love. I wear Italian shoes. Like that. Yes. He, yeah, he's not wrong. That's soft like, like butter. A fit like a glove. I wear Italian shoes. So, Lou, I'm going to ask a question that I'm so sure you're going to ask, answer <laughs> no back to it. But have you ever worn Valentino shoes? Valentino. I didn't, uh, but I, I did have a pair of the fancy shoes that OJ Simpson uh, wore. Um, <laughs> I, I did, like it was, and I bought them before the whole OJ Simpson thing. And then I looked at my shoes and I realized, oh my God, I've got that. I don't remember the name of the brand. I'm sure Future Chava can tell us. 
Okay. Yeah, I have. I have no idea. And so those were. That's your 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 notion of fancy shoes. Oh no, those were very fancy shoes. <laughs> OJ Simpson, Simpson did not go with cheap shoes, man. Okay, but okay. So the question here will be like, did you feel different? Do you feel great wearing those shoes, or did you just feel like wearing any other pair of sneakers? I felt great wearing them because they were recommended to me by my friend Terry Stewart, who I knew was a very fancy guy. He always dressed snappy. And so I thought, well, I've got the same kind of shoes that Terry said I should get, so I'm doing something right. That's the the beginning, the middle, and the end of my of knowledge story. of shoes. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, like, when you wear some Valentino shoes, some proper Valentino shoes, it's exactly that. Like, it's like a glove, and then your, your feet feel like they're being hogged in a way that nothing has ever hogged them before that way. But... That being said, I uh, I did go through a phase when I was in university where I just wouldn't wear shoes. I refused to oh wear shoes. Oh my god! You know what? Hey, god, hey, god! I'm gonna just I'm just gonna put a pause on what you're saying to say that the next chat fest that we have uh, is going to go back to the to what you just said about feeling like your feet are being hugged. Now, go ahead. You're in university. Keep going. And I was going through sort of a, I would like, yeah, I guess like some radical years and stuff. And I, uh, I listened to an interview with this guy with a sculpture. I can't remember his name, but he was saying that the second most sensitive area of your body after your genitals are your feet. Okay. So, uh, but when he's saying genitals, he's referring to like, cause like the bunghole and the tip of my penis, those are the same thing then. Well, he was not extremely precise about what he referred to genitals, <laughs> but his point was that your feet are extremely sensitive and that we always just let go that sense, like that capacity of acquiring information about our environment that our feet has, we waste it. So he by, decided- By covering it with shoes. And socks and what atches or, what, or whatever membrane we have between our feet and the floor. So he said that- by not using shoes, you can have so much more access to the world around you. Oh, I get that. Okay. And I, w- and I was young and stupid enough to take it at heart and stop wearing shoes for six months. I, I, can, I can see that. And what happened to your feet? Well, uh, n- nothing really bad, actually. Like, everybody thought I was going to, like, step on a piece of glass and just, like, get some horrible infection and whatnot. But what I realized is that the floor in cities, it's rather boring. It's almost all concrete, <laughs> sometimes a little bit of glass, sometimes a little bit of marble, but you don't get a lot of information of the floor in the cities. Nothing very interesting to pick up through your feet is your point. No, and, and I guess this uh, also talks about how fast I am acquiring, like getting to conclusions. It took me six months to realize this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then you put your shoes back on. Yeah, but not Valentino. I I, I went back uh, to Guaraches, which I think is a great middle ground. Yeah. You know, the the typical Mexican sandals. And yep, there's yep. some that I love from Saguayo. Which you can also which you can also eat. You cannot eat those. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, go yeah. To, I go to restaurants all the time and I order Huarachis. <laughs> that's correct. But that's another type of Huarache. That's like oh, a big uh, that's like a big, big so uh sope. But anyways, like that that's actually that could be another chat fist. But anyway, so that's my story about shoes. Uh, I hope you have a story about shoes as well, Lou. Somewhere. You know, it's funny. I like I struggled. We're gonna we're gonna end this <laughs> chat fest and then start the next chat fest because I do have a story about shoes and I didn't think I would until you said <laughs> hug hug your feet. So let's uh, let's let's hasta pronto from here and uh, and I'll catch you on the Orale, next. One. Adios. 
This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Peribán. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.